Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Business Rockstars. I'm Brittany Lehman, and my guest today is Joe Fish, CEO and CFO of Wine Access. Joe, thanks so much for joining us oh, today. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So for those who are unaware about you and your entrepreneurial journey, um, give us some background and what led you to be the CEO and CFO of Wine Access. Yeah, I'd say it's probably a little bit more unconventional than, than the rest of your guests. I actually started off as an auditor uh, for PricewaterhouseCoopers. So when I think about you know road to CEO, it's about as far from kind yeah. of CEO <laughs> as you could think of. Uh, after that, I had actually moved into our, our transaction services group. So really working on mergers and acquisition advisory, getting a little bit more into kind of that finance realm. Uh, and then I ultimately, ultimately landed at uh, Ghirardelli Chocolate Company. That's where I kind of got that thirst for business development, really being able to figure out new offerings to, mm-hmm. to drive value for, for consumers. And about two years ago, I uh, ended up at Wine Access as, uh, as CFO and more recently moved into CEO. Amazing. And I'm sure your position at Ghirardelli really helped you kind of get into the CEO role. What mm-hmm. kind of, do you think that helped you? Or? Oh, absolutely. So I think anytime you're working in kind of retail and consumer products, that really helps. So at the end of the day, if you're not delivering value to the consumer, you're not striking you know, an emotional connection with the product, you're probably not going to have a very good offering. Yeah. So tremendous amount of learning there, uh, working with sales, marketing, operations, you name it. So it really you know, allowed me to, to get a lot of experience in that area. And what was the founding vision of Wine Access? Yeah, so funny enough, about well, it would be about 20, 25 years ago, Wine Access actually started as a web hosting platform for uh, brick-and-mortar retail stores as well as wine publications. So it wasn't even an online retailer. Uh, and over time, uh, the founder, phenomenal, con- phenomenal at developing content, uh, really started to figure out, you know what we do, we have this expertise in technology and wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have amazing relationships because we've been working with these brick and mortar retail s- stores for a very long time. I think that we could probably do it on our own. And, and the team came up with the idea, you know, when you're looking at the, the barrier to the world's greatest wines, you know, the, the, the barrier isn't in fact price, but it's access. And that's exactly what really started Wine Access, kind of hence the name. Amazing. And tell me about the exclusive wines that Wine Access offers and what kind of varieties are being offered. <laughs> so one of which we actually have on the table here, yes, Idiosyncrasy. Amazing. So this one is a, uh, it was a beautiful partnership <laughs> with a winemaker by the name of Julian Fayard. He has been producing wines in the Napa Valley for a very long time. Uh, Lapiche, Perlou, Covert, Azure. So one of his wines actually did really well on our platform called La Piche, and we we're at Bouchon in Yontville celebrating. So we're, we're celebrating, we're drinking champagne, and then we throw the idea out there. Julian, how would you like to do an exclusive partnership with us? We threw it out there kind of jokingly, not thinking that he'd want to do it, and right. then said, absolutely. I love the <laughs> idea, uh, but it has to be phenomenal. And we said that, you know, 
we would do nothing less than that. Uh, and so that, that, that represents kind of one of the exclusive partnerships that we do. Uh, a lot of other passion projects with other winemakers, uh, uh, Britt Nichols and Rye Richards. Uh, we work with Louis Latour, who is a producer in Burgundy. Now, while they, uh, we're not 100% exclusive with them, they do make exclusive labels for us and just for the Wine Access members. A lot more we can go into. We don't have a ton of time, uh, but I encourage everyone to take a look on the platform and, and uh, see what exclusives we have at Wine Access. And how many bottles of wine would you say you drink a week? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I would, so between drink probably maybe one to two. Yeah. If you count spitting like for tasting, right. then a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And you joined Wine Access in 2017. Yes. What has it been like watching the company grow? Mm -hmm. Well, it's been an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, at the time that I came on board, we were moving a lot of our operations from the East Coast to the West Coast. So, you know, in a sense, we had a uh, pretty new team, uh, but it's been absolutely phenomenal being able to see the new wine team come together. Uh, bringing in some absolutely phenomenal e-commerce talent on the West Coast, as we have you know, a lot, an overwhelming number of the wine access, or excuse me, the overwhelming number of e-commerce talent in San Francisco and, and, and Seattle, and really being able to see them gel and come together, and uh, it's it, it's been it's been really a blessing and to see everyone do that. And what is it? What was it like, kind of stepping into the CEO role? Because that's kind mm -hmm. of a lot of pressure. You're mm -hmm. overseeing this company that's been around for a while. What was that transition like? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a tough one, uh, especially too when it's a first time CEO. Most of the time, you've come up your career either in finance or marketing right. or operations, and you're really good at that functional expertise. And then you're stepping into a role in which you're overseeing six potentially six different departments where you don't have that functional expertise. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's always a challenge and a, and a balance of how do I really immerse myself into those into those different functions, but still kind of flying at 50,000 feet to, 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 lead the, to lead the organization. So I think that's why it's so important in evaluating talent, identifying talent, and really trusting your people to execute the vision. And speaking of people, how important would you say company culture is to the success <laughs> of your business? I mean, it's everything. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, we put out three, three wines a day, three offers a day. Uh, so I, sometimes I kind of feel like we're a trading floor with the amount of activity yeah. that's going on. Uh, we'll have offers going live and, and getting ready to set up three for the next day and the day after. So there's this real sense of kind of hustle, camaraderie, and, and teamwork. And if that's not there, like it's really going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, I, I always say that People are everything, and we're fortunate to have what I think are the best people in the business and, and uh, really, again, like I said, really feel blessed to be able to work with them each and every day. And how would you say wine access is different from the competition? Sure. So when we look at kind of the, the retail space, specifically talking uh, direct-to-consumer wine, you know, we're not trying to offer every wine on the planet, like mm -hmm. a, a wine.com. Um, or even a, a K&L. Mm -hmm. you know, it's really a, a tightly curated list. Uh, we will put an offer out uh, each day, and then within our, our retail store, we may only have 40 to 50 wines. And, and our focus is really around content uh, and storytelling. We sit down with the winemakers many times in their home, you know, hear their story, really understand why that wine is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, in addition to that, not every wine actually makes the cut. Mm. So our wine team may taste over 20,000 wines, and, and a fraction of those will actually, make the, uh, will actually make the cut. So we're really, really strict on making sure that the price-to-quality ratio is there. And there may be some absolutely phenomenal wines that we taste and say we'd love to offer these, but we don't really think that uh, the price-to-quality ratio is there, and as a result, it, it won't make it onto the platform. 
And what are some of the key examples of relationships that Wine Access has to top wine producers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, one that we've loved working with is Andy Erickson of, of Favia Wines, uh, along with his wife, Annie Favia. So they're an absolutely amazing couple, probably the best kind of winemaker, uh, viticulturist combo you could, you could ask for. Uh, we've done uh, a number of offers with them, sat down in their home. We've developed video content uh, around their story uh, and in a number of the offerings. Uh, Donna Estates is another one that does absolutely phenomenal uh, Napa Valley Cab and, and Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, another one, Rain. I could probably continue to go yeah. on and on and on. It's, <laughs> idiosyncrasy is another one of those as well. Uh, as well as first, uh, last ones that talked to are the, yeah. are the first growth Bordeaux, uh, like the Chateau Margaux, Lafitte Mouton. We've done a number of events uh, with the first growths where we're bringing them in uh, into San Francisco to meet with our VIP uh, members and, and, and deliver a really memorable experience. That's amazing. And if you go back in time and give yourself kind of one piece of advice mm-hmm. as you were transitioning into the mm-hmm. CEO role, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, it's probably say the, uh, the bad days aren't as bad as they seem and, and, and the good days aren't as good as they seem. Mm-hmm. So there, there's days where wine's held up at, uh, at customs, a feature got launched on the website and it's not working exactly the way we want, mm-hmm. uh, running into to, you know, other operational issues. And for the most part, we get through it. Yeah. So as long as we breathe and we don't freak out, then we're, we're going to get through it. It's happened, you know, mistakes have happened before and mm-hmm. there won't be the first time and it won't be the last. Uh, and then even on the good days, I mean, we want to celebrate our victories, but at the same time, uh, if we have a great day, we still got to do it again tomorrow. We still right. got to do it the next day and the next week. Amazing. And um, a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid of failure, and that kind of stops them from starting a business or pursuing their passion. Were you ever afraid to fail when you stepped into the CEO role? And if so, do you have any advice for those Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. So being a finance person by background, I think you're always kind of playing devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times, especially like if you think coming up as, a, as an auditor. You're always looking for right. kind of like what's wrong with, right. with the potential model. And I think that's, that's fine to a certain extent. It's probably kept our species along, yeah. uh, alive for a really long time, conservatism, yeah. but it, it's not how you progress. Yep. So I think that it's always nice to have a healthy balance of that, of, uh, of professional skepticism, but at the same time too, you have to be bullish on your beliefs mm-hmm. or otherwise you're never gonna take chances and you're never gonna really change whatever you're trying to do in your particular industry. Yeah. Uh, so figuring out that kind of right balance and, and, and knowing yourself and knowing, hey, am I more conservative by nature and therefore I need to make myself uncomfortable or if you're a little bit too wild, then, then being able to kind of uh, use that conservatism uh, a little bit more and bring that out. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see where wine access is in the next five or 10 years. Yeah, as am I. And thank you so much for the wine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, it was such a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Thanks. This is Business Rockstars. That was my amazing guest, Joe Fish, CEO and CFO of Wine Access.
Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash joy. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hims.com slash joy. That's 4hims.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy. This is Business Rockstars. Rockstars. This is Business Rockstars. I'm Brittany Lehman, and my guest today is Kurt Seidensticker, CEO and founder of Vital Proteins. Kurt, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for having me. So, Kurt, for those who are not familiar with you and your entrepreneurial journey, give us some background on what you were doing before you started Vital Proteins. Yeah, ironically, I graduated college with a degree in aerospace engineering and started working at NASA. Wow. And uh, so there I was like training astronauts how to fly the space shuttle. I kind of left there and went and worked uh, back home in Chicago. And probably about 98, I decided I wanted to go out on my own. And I started doing consulting work and really recognized that I was an entrepreneur. So I spent probably early days doing consulting work, helping build uh, cell phone technology, um, helping build the internet backbone, getting into e-commerce and, and coming up with a few business ideas uh, that I had eventually sold like in late, late 2008. When I started thinking about what I wanted to do next, I looked at, I really wanted to be in the health and wellness industry because I wanted something that was really aligned with my own personal goals and, and, and my own personal passions. And so as I was running and trying to think of what my next opportunity was, I recognized my body wasn't recovering from my runs. And I started thinking, why is that? And I, I, I set out on a journey to really discover why that was. Amazing. And for those who are not familiar with Vital Proteins, give us the quick elevator pitch. Yeah, so Vital Proteins is a collagen company. It's a lifestyle um, health and wellness company. And really our, our main product is our collagen peptides. And the idea is that you can incorporate it into any beverage, smoothie, or food. And it provides a functional protein. And that functional protein means it's not just protein. It actually helps you with additional functional benefits, including hair, skin, and nails, um, uh, bone and joint health, and overall athletic recovery. It's true. I use it in my matcha um, latte every morning, and it's great. I use the blue, and you can't taste it. Yeah. It's just great. It thickens the matcha latte, and it's it's really amazing. Um, so explain how you got started, and what was really the first step when you realized, okay, I'm serious about starting Vital Proteins? Yeah, so personally, as I was looking what to do, I was actually running and I've been running my whole life. And, mm-hmm. and as I was getting older, I recognized I wasn't able to recover from my runs. Mm-hmm. I'd go out for a run. It'd take me five days probably to recover. So I started doing research and identified that what was going on in my joints is that I was wearing down the collagen structures and mm-hmm. I, they weren't growing back as quick. As I was getting older, 
uh, collagen pretty much slows down um, production. Your body slows down the production of collagen. So I was actually wondering if you should eat collagen to actually help your body repair itself. And so in that research, my daughter, uh, who is a, uh, uh, a med student at the time, we pulled up some research papers that were showing how glycine was the main uh, molecule or amino acid for collagen synthesis. And your body really needed about 15 grams of glycine a day. Hmm. And when you equated that to collagen, it actually ended up being like 20 to 40 grams of collagen a day. Hmm. And when I, when I recognize that, I go, wow, that's really a, a vital protein, and you really need to include that in your diet. And when I, because of my past experience as an entrepreneur, I recognize the opportunity here to actually create a whole new category of, of protein. When you had, you had dairy protein on one side, whey protein, and then you also had plant protein on the other. And I recognize that I could actually kind of divide those two out and create a whole new category. I would say... This was probably in September of 2012. Uh, as soon as I had that idea, it was on one day, and I said, mm-hmm. okay, I need to start acting on this right now. I got, I got the company formed, and I actually, first thing I did at the end of September was actually lease out a food manufacturing facility and wow. began construction in October of 2012 and really did a gut rehab of this place and, and finally opened it up in uh, the spring of 2013. Amazing. So what was kind of the process like from having the idea to manufacturing to getting your products on the shelves. Yeah, the idea from from just having the idea, then there's probably a whole year journey that I had to go through to really develop the collagen itself. If you look at collagen in the market at the time, everything was tablets, right? And I recognize that if you know, why was it tablets? Well, collagen didn't taste very well at the time, and and when I looked at how much collagen needed, you needed to take like 130 tablets a day wow. just to meet your meet your dietary needs. And so what I did is I spent, I, I really wanted to develop a brand that was authentic and transparent mm-hmm. and really educate consumers about what collagen was. And so what I tried to do is create a very clean form of collagen that you could add to anything. So, it, you know, our collagen is really recognized as being this very uh, almost tasteless, odorless protein that you can add to just about anything. Yep. And from that, uh, recognizing that in order to build that brand, you had to tell people what collagen was. So we were one of the first companies out there to really tell people that collagen came from an animal. Mm-hmm. And so this whole journey of developing a clean, pro- clean protein, pasture-raised, grass-fed, telling people it came from a cow, mm-hmm. and then developing the whole brand story around that. And you really have done an amazing job with your branding. It's so clean. It's, it's really... Um it's also very informative. And tell us about the product evolution, because you started with your tub of collagen peptides, and you guys have collagen coffee creamer. You have these great little to-go packets that I got, get at Whole Foods. But tell us about the evolution of the product itself. Yeah, the whole concept behind the brand was uh, simple elegance and really keeping things very simple and clean. We have a philosophy at Vital that one of our goals is to minimize the amount, number of ingredients that we had to add to our products to make it a product, right? Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to add excipients. We didn't want to add anything artificial. We didn't want to add any sweeteners. And so our goal was to develop something with very low sugar Mm -hmm. and really whole natural food, right? So the idea was we started with our collagen peptides and we had our our bovine-based, we had our marine-based collagen. And I think our next one was the beef gelatin as well. And those were kind of our base simple products. From there, though, because we started as a direct-to-consumer business, we developed a, f- a following of consumers that were really 
uh, integral to our evolution of the company, right? Mm-hmm. So they, we were able to have conversations with them and talk to them about, hey, how are you using the product? What would you like us to see? And, and that kind of started the evolution of what was next for Vital. So I think we started with, you know, one thing I recognized right away, I, I, the joke is kind of I, I started a paleo running company and ended up running a millennial beauty business yeah. because <laughs> we found out that a lot of our customers were were female 25 to 35 and they were taking it for beauty benefits. So the next thing we decided to do is come out with our beauty collagens mm-hmm. and really add additional functional benefits to it like vitamin C and biotin and hyaluronic acid and probiotics. And as we evolved then, our collagen creamers kind of came next. We found out that a majority of our customers were adding it to their coffee. Mm-hmm. And they were also then adding creamer on top of that. So why not come up with a collagen creamer that was clean, healthy fats with collagen in it? And you guys recently did a collab with Kourtney Kardashian. Um, did she approach you guys or how did that happen? They approached us. So we've, mm-hmm. had, we've had several celebrity influencers, most recently Kourtney uh, Kardashian. And she approached us. She'd been a, a fan of the brand for years and was taking it and wanted to do something on her own but thought having Vital with her would be um, a great collaboration, and, mm-hmm. and we've enjoyed working with her on it. Um, and if you could give three tips to aspiring entrepreneurs or business owners, uh, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think if you're an entrepreneur and you have an idea, go for it, right? Don't keep thinking about it and waiting on it. So if you have an idea, act quickly on it and uh, learn through your mistakes. So I, I think by doing quick development on your ideas and quickly improving, you're never going to hit your your idea, you're never going to hit your, who you think your customer is. Your, your customers are going to tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. And you really need to be able to adapt to that. So having that connection with your customers is critical in order to um, adapt and grow. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Business Rockstars. This is my amazing guest, Kurt Seidensticker, founder and CEO of Vital Proteins. Winter wind and cold can wreak havoc on your skin, making it dry and uncomfortable. But using a 24-hour moisturizing body lotion every morning can be an effective way to help keep your skin healthy throughout the season. One way to combat winter dryness is to apply a moisturizer right after you get out the shower when your skin is still damp. This also helps to lock in hydration. I recommend using moisturizing products that are gentle, long-lasting, allergen-free, and less likely to irritate your skin. For more information, go to RemedyDerm.com. Available at Amazon and select CVS stores. Staff Sergeant Ryan Pitts of the 173rd Airborne Brigade speaks about what it means to receive the Medal of Honor. I'm the one that got the recognition because I received the award, but like I know that it, this isn't mine. I just was trying to follow everybody else around me. You know, all these guys did incredible things. The only reason I'm here, the only reason I have a wife, the only reason I have kids is because those guys gave everything they had that day. The American Veterans Center protects the legacy and honors the sacrifice of American veterans. To hear more, like... This is Business Rockstars. Rockstars. Inspire, inform, and connecting a community of entrepreneurs. This is Business Rockstars. I'm Pat O'Brien. Welcome to the show. Now let's. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's check in with Alex Worley for good reason. She's always got somebody great. Alex? We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Alex Worley. This is Business Rockstars. And my guest today, Minna Herskowitz, she's the co-founder of Sandbox Fitness. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Yes. Ever since I was a kid, I have been working for my dad's company. And um, I just loved what he did. And I wanted to grow up one day and own my own business as well. What kind of company did he have? He actually has one of the largest dog kennels in Maryland. Oh, wow. Probably on the East Coast. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was the main thing that you learned from him watching him as you grew up? Um, I guess it was like work hard, play hard. Uh, He, you know, we would hustle and work like crazy. And it was like whenever people had vacation, we didn't because we were watching people's dogs when the normal vacation times were going on. And then, you know, when we went on vacation, it was, you know, not the normal times, but we, we went on vacation all the time. And I just wanted, I just loved how our family dynamic growing up was just always so fun. We would go on trips all the time. And I just know like if you put in the effort, you're able to take vacation and enjoy life. Yeah. So would you say that that work ethic is crucial for what you do now in your business? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm brand new. So our business is like not even at the point that I can go play hard yet. Yeah. But that's the goal is just to get it to the point where, you know, I can work, 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 and then eventually be able to take, you know, take vacation, yeah. take off when I, when I want and, you know, work when I can. Takes a lot of work to get there. Yeah. So how did you come up with sandbox fitness at what point did you decide i want this to be my entrepreneurial endeavor um let's see well i've been a trainer for like since i was 18 for like 11 12 years now um and i always entrepreneurial in spirit because you have to get your own oh yeah being a trainer is like you gotta hustle because it's like you can go to a gym and just stand there and be like all right you know people aren't coming to you you gotta really work and sell and talk to people it's you know you're your own salesman Uh uh-huh um, but I was training fitness in particular. At what point were you like, this is going to be my business? I think it was a few years ago. I got injured and my husband as well. And we went to the beach. We worked out on the beach and it was like one of the mm. best workouts we've had that didn't bother us. And we kept going back and we're like, this is so amazing. Like, why does no one have this? You know? Yeah. And then we decided we started looking into it. It must've been, you know, two years before we opened and we started looking into it and decided just to go for it since no one had it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. What were some of those first steps you took to actually execute? Um, the first steps, I guess, would, was more just like looking, doing research and just finding out, you know, how to keep it clean. Cause we were like, what do we do with like a giant indoor sandbox? Like mm. that could be nasty. You know, we were like, what if it smells? What if it, you know, what if you're sweating on it? It was just kind of we thought it might be a good idea, it might not. So um, that was our first step. We started doing research and we found 
special sand that we can get made that was, you know, silica-free and super clean. Interesting, yeah. And then once we kind of got that out of the way, business loan, because we have no money and had no money um, of our own. So we were just like, all right, now we got to get a business loan. And that was a pain in the butt because no one was giving business loans out at the time. Mm-hmm. So when we finally did get our business loan, we were like one of the first SBA loans from the bank in like the, that, that year. What's another big challenge or obstacle that you've had to overcome as an entrepreneur? Um, there's so many. I'm, <laughs> I'm I, sure. Yeah. I mean, the biggest challenge I, I feel is more just like knowing how to allocate the money. You know, it's mm-hmm. like everyone wants you to advertise with them. Everyone wants you to, you know, you know, put your money here, put your money here. And it's just like you have to figure out where, you know, when to hold back and when to actually go for it. Because, you know, you can lose your money in just like a split second from yeah. advertising. So so how do you figure that out? Um, I mean, I guess we did a bunch of research and we kind of were like, all right, each month we have this much set aside for advertising. And whether it's going to go into a few things or one giant advertising or marketing um, thing, either we'll do it, you know, we just kind of put the money aside and we, we go from there. Yeah, you got to have the budget. Yeah. Yeah. This is Business Rockstars. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Alex Worley, joined by Minna Herskowitz. She is the co-founder of Sandbox Fitness. So what would you say is your strength and your weakness as an entrepreneur? Um, I would say my strength is um, just people skills. Um, I love, you know, talking to people, meeting people, everyone that comes in. I just, I'm really good just with the different you know, personalities and injuries and everyone's got something else going on. And it's just about adapting to every situation and every person. Making everyone feel welcome. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like one big family at yeah. our studio. So it's really fun. Uh, my weakness, I mean, I've got lots of weaknesses, but um, I would say, I love how that one's harder for me to think about than the other one. <laughs> it's like when you're in a job yeah. interview and yeah, it's like, yeah. my weakness, how do I say this in a positive way? <laughs> I mean, my weakness, I would probably say is organization and dealing with lawyers. I am like, I don't know lawyer lingo. I just think it's, yeah. it's so, it's, it's a different world. Uh-huh. Oh my God. So I make my husband do that. Okay, got <laughs> yeah. it. So it's always nice when you have people who compliment your strengths and weaknesses. Yes. Yeah. So going back to organizational skills, what are some tools or tricks that you've incorporated to help you with those skills? The calendar on your phone. <laughs> yeah. I use so that basic, thing. but so life-changing. Yes. I use that thing like crazy. I mean, it's like if I have to post something, because I mean, your mind can go all over the place yeah. when you're an entrepreneur. There's, you're, you're trying to do 20 different people's jobs at once. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really hard. So it's like, okay, I got to post. I got to email that person back. I've got to go train a client. And then I got to call this person. So it's just, I put it all on my phone. So you take it a step further than a to-do list. You actually like schedule when you're going to do these items. Yeah. Including social media posts. Yes. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. Mm-hmm. So let's see. How you, there's probably a lot of creativity in your business. How yeah. do you stay creative? Do you have a process for that? Um, I do. I actually love to explore other fitness studios. Mm. Um, I, you know, I watch a lot of online videos as well, but I find like when I do it, I actually know what's working and what's going on. So I like to take other, other trainers classes. I think it's good to learn from other people and get mm-hmm. new ideas and also see like what else is out there, whether fitness studios are out there and the new yeah, what works, and greatest. stay inspired. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And then probably keeping up with the latest trends, too, because a lot of times people want certain things at different times or different seasons. Yeah. yeah. And what's cool about our studio is that um, we could always adapt to the, the new trends because it's just it's just sand. You know, yeah. our, our floor is sand and then you can bring in any cool new workout and new fun tool that came out that year. Yeah. So it's like if I if I go to a fitness studio, I'm like, oh, my God, I love that. I can just bring it in our studio and add a class that is so fun yeah how many people are a part of your team there's about 10 of us okay Mm -hmm. so you manage some people what is that like and what would you describe your management style like um I'm like the super laid-back boss I feel like everyone's (laughs) like friends with me and they're no one no one's scared to tell me you know what they think or what's on their mind or no I can't do that or everyone's just really open and um I feel like we're all we're all like friends you know but at the same time, they know that I'm in charge and I'm kind of younger than most of them. So that's the hard part, too. So okay. it's, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, how do you deal with that, being younger and still being credible and having authority? Um, I, it's hard, but I think if you establish it in the beginning, then it's fine. I mean, we've, we, had, we, had had a, we have had in the past a few obstacles where it was, um, you know, I think it was like a respect thing. If you don't establish that respect when you first hire someone it just doesn't it doesn't last yeah any tips for establishing that respect um I guess when you're hiring someone I there's for me it was more just like a feeler just I think also like having a guy to a girl um I feel like it's hard sometimes for guys to you know look up and check into you know a woman boss and I found like one of them was just didn't seem like respectful of Mm -hmm. you know me being the boss I was just like you know I don't think that would be a good fit yeah so just making sure that you're making good choices for who you hire so I usually can tell like when I'm interviewing the person if this is going to be you know just how they talk to you and if they take you seriously yes or if like they're kind of just being disrespectful right away from the start I'm like yeah this is not going to happen you know yeah so, so you're a friend with a lot of your employees. So yes. do you ever have to put the boss hat on though and kind of lay down the yes. law? And how do you do that? I do. I, I don't like to call people out. I feel like that's usually like when you're kind of friends with everyone. And if one person does something wrong, you don't want to call them out and be like, hey, you did this. So, yeah, especially you know. in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I usually what I do is I send out just um, an email. I'll send out like a mass email or a mass text to all the trainers. So that way no one feels like they're getting, you know, just like targeted out. Yeah, yeah. singled out and um and I just you know say hey this has been going on you know please make sure to you know do this next time and so that way it's just a reminder so that no but one you thinks. never like call out the name right yeah. it's just a more of a universal like hey here's a reminder exactly of something yeah. I expect mm-hmm. and unless it's something that happens like a bunch of times with one person then obviously I'll have a you know I'll call them and have a talk with them but so far, it hasn't been too much of an yeah, issue. Yeah, you you haven't had to call anyone out. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. So what is the biggest lesson you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey? The biggest lesson I've learned is that there's going to be plenty of slow days and slow times and slow months. But if you believe in it and you just push through, it will thrive. Because I feel like it's like the same. I mean, I kind of compare it to having a child I don't have one but you would imagine yeah it's like like you don't give up on your child you know it's like you just always believe in what you've done and you believe that it's going to thrive and get bigger and better even when there are times that are not amazing and you'll push through 
Awesome. Thank you so much to my guest, Minna Herskowitz. She is the co-founder of Sandbox Fitness. We are here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Alex Worley, and this is Business Rockstars. And now, a Business Rockstars Minute. Prefer following orders? Get along with everyone in your life? Here are a few signs starting a business may not be for you. I'm Pat O'Brien with the Business Rockstars Minute. Number one, you prefer following orders. The world is made of followers and leaders. Which one are you? If you're committed to being a comfortable order taker the rest of your life, perhaps entrepreneurship is not for you. Number two, you don't like hard work. Entrepreneurship is about hard work. It's about facing indecision, insecurity, instability, and borderline insanity. Number three, you get along great with everyone in your life. As it turns out, entrepreneurs aren't the wide-grinning, backslabbing, glad-handing socialites they seem to be. Entrepreneurs tend toward the outer fringe of social behavior and cultural norms. So if you're sometimes labeled as a nerd or a geek, don't sweat it. Instead, go do what you were meant to do. Start a business or two. I'm Pat O'Brien, and this has been a Business Rockstars Minute. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. And it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. And over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-91-BIBLE. That's 844-91-BIBLE. 844-91-BIBLE. You shouldn't have to choose a random lawyer who charges expensive hourly rates when you need legal help. But the legal system is so complicated, what other choice do you have when you need help with your business or want to protect your family? Start with LegalZoom. They make it easy. For more than a decade, they've provided a way for regular people like you and me to confidently navigate the legal system. LegalZoom's not a law firm, and that's how they provide such great value. They don't rely on charging you by the hour. Instead, you'll get transparent pricing and customer reviews so you know exactly what you're getting up front. If you need help with incorporation, LLCs, trademarks, last wills, living trusts, and more, LegalZoom's the smart choice. They've got the right people on hand to answer your questions. And if you need legal advice, their network of independent attorneys can provide the straightforward guidance you need in most states. Don't let legal hurdles become an excuse. Go to LegalZoom.com today to start building your own future the right way. To save even more, enter Rockstar. you make millions by getting your message out there into the world? Joining us is Regan Hillier. She's an expert on the topic who's going to help answer that question. How do we do it? 
Well, first thing, step number one is you need to develop your message and your brand. Okay. Step number two is then you need to actually launch your message and your brand. And then step number three is you want to accelerate it. That's when we're looking at scaling it. How do we go big? How do we really impact and make millions? Okay. So developing it. Let's talk about that. Because if I'm just getting started, how do I even know what my message or my story is? And how do we start to sort of architect that? Because you used to be an architect. Yes, correct. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) So here's the thing. I always say to people, you know, your message is within you, right? And and I really believe that you're put here for a reason and what you have to say is important. So I, I say to people, look, if you were given the opportunity to have a speakerphone or a megaphone and you could literally say one core thing to the entire world, knowing that all the right people are going to hear you and there's going to be no judgment or anything like that, what would you say to them? right? And if something comes up naturally, great. And if not, sit there and write it out and keep writing until you get to a point where you're like, that's what it is. Mm, So how long should that message be though? Is it short? Nowadays, attention spans are super short. So is this something that I want to craft into like an elevator pitch or is it something that I can do over a full page or a whole story or a whole book? Totally. Look, there's going to be different, I guess, elements and layers to your yeah. message. Um, I really encourage people to actually go big with it and go broad with it. You know, if, if your message is like super niched and like really, really niche mm-hmm. down, then in a year's time, you might not actually resonate with that anymore, right? But if you go broader and allow yourself to then play in with different products and services into little sub-niches within that core message, that okay. gives you a lot more freedom and space to move. So for example, all of my work, all of my products, all of my services come back to the message of letting people know that you can have it all in your life. Okay. You can have it all on your terms in whatever way that looks like. So that means I can then go and talk about mindset or business or anything pretty much, which encompasses that message rather than, for example, saying, you know, well, you know, my message is that you can make millions specifically by building an online business. If I then want to go and talk about something else, it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to go big with it. Okay. I like that. Which is a little counterintuitive to most advice out there, which say, go into the niche. Down. Yeah, yep. and then from there go broad if <laughs> totally. you want. Okay, so the opposite, but how do we be different? And I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to hone in on it again. So if I'm developing yep. my message and getting it out there in the world, it's got to stand out. Totally. So how do I make sure that happens? Well, the factor is you, right? It's you and how you actually deliver that message. Yep. Okay, the message of you can have it all. There's a gazillion other people out there talking about that, yeah. right? And, and saying that directly or indirectly. Now, yeah. I'm not bothered by that because I know that when I show up and when I share that, it's going to be different to someone else because I'm doing it in an authentic way and in a way where it's just me. Okay, yeah. so you're going to resonate with some different people than maybe maybe John Astroff, right. who, who talks about having it all. He's going to resonate probably towards people that are older to his age, right. his profile versus you. So being authentic and just being yourself and showing up in that way, totally. that's one way to do it. Get to step two for us and let's talk about that. Uh, step two in terms of launching. You were saying, yeah, the three-step process. Yeah, so yeah, develop absolutely. your message. Yes, and it's launch it. Yeah, next step is you need to actually launch your message, right? You need yeah. to launch your brand, launch your business. And if you don't actually go out there and figure out, okay, what problems are there in my audience right now? And and what can I help people, um, you know, solve in terms of those problems? And how do I package those into products and services and offerings? If you don't actually do that and get in front of those people, then you're never going to make any money or yeah. any impact whatsoever. So yeah, that's huge. So two questions on that note then is, how do I develop the types of products? Do I do right. a mastermind, a retreat, one-on-one coaching, in-person coaching, over-the-phone coaching, teleseminars, webinars, right. video series? You know, there's so many different variations of types mm-hmm. of ways to package your content. So how do I know which is the best one? 
Totally. And then from there, what is the best way to market that depending on what that package is? Totally. So first thing I do is encourage people to create what I call a content chunk, right? And this is where you actually want to say, okay, audience, I know that I can take you from where you are to where you want to be. And you want to show them how you're going to do that. If you just tell them that, they're going to be like, well, prove it. Right. So an easy way to do this is to put your content into steps or into chunks. So it might be three steps or five steps or even seven. Right. The brain just works in those odd numbers. Like, Which is why everybody has their 12 <laughs> steps, seven steps. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you want to kind of categorize your information like that. You then want to simply look at going, OK, cool. What's the best way for me to deliver this right now? Now, there's no right or wrong answers. I know people that have gone and launched their brands. And the first thing they've done is a retreat, for example, mm-hmm. and, and taught that content chunk versus someone else that's done an online course versus is someone that's done a membership site. Like there's no right or wrong. There's no gospel here. It's very much like, what is an alignment for you and what feels amazing? And what's cool is you can actually take that one content chunk and put it through different price points. So for example, okay. um, you know, I help people build powerful brands, right? Impact millions, make millions. And so we have um, a product called Be Your Brand, which is a three-step system on developing, launching and accelerating your brand, right? Now we have like a three-day event, a mastermind, yeah. which that happens in Bali and LA. We take the same information. We have a 12-week course where we teach the same stuff, but it's online. It's a little bit different. I can then walk someone through that one-on-one. I can then do it as an automated product. Same content, different price Same content, just scaling it out over the, using the same chunk over different ways to actually deliver it and different price points. And you can break that down into even shorter chunks and repurpose it even more. And that can be the free content that leads people into it. Exactly. Fantastic. Okay, so if you just come up with your 12 steps, that can essentially be your free ungated content, your gated content for their email information all the way up to a low-level product, all the way up to the highest level, same 12 steps. Exactly. So now let's talk about the scaling aspect because we haven't haven't dove in on that yet. So I think people are getting clear on developing their message, being authentic, showing up in a unique way, figuring out what is their sort of offer going to look like, how to repurpose that in an Ascension model format, and now how do we scale that so that we make millions and impact millions. Totally. So when it comes to scaling, you want to look at, okay, cool. Everything's working. Everything's good. We love this. This is an alignment. The clients are getting results. This is good. How, and the question is, you know, how do we now go big with this? Yeah. So we touched on some of this, obviously, by um, marketing online mm-hmm. and actually putting some money in and using that to scale your audience and scale your products. One thing that I love to do in terms yeah. of scaling is um, with your launches or your products or services, bringing in other people to support that. So doing JV okay. launches, you know, having people go out there, talk about um, their your offerings rather just to their audience and really you know supporting you in that process that can be a beautiful way to do that you also want to look as well at well how do we also scale our audience because obviously if you're yeah. showing up and delivering value if you can get in front of more people then that's going to be a great thing yeah. so doing things like interviews you know getting in the media really having a strategy around what does that look like in order to build that back to the buying traffic borrowing traffic creating right. traffic approach yes. so when you're going to scale you want to find out how to have effective ways of doing all Definitely. three okay yeah. So if somebody says, I really like this three-step process, I myself want to go deeper on this Uh and they want to learn from me, where can they do that? Absolutely. Well, reganhillier.com or if you go to any of the social platforms, you can just send me a message and you'll see everything through there. You know, we have masterminds in Bali and LA and then online versions of that same course as well. Fantastic. Well, I love that. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ian. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars and we connect a community of entrepreneurs. If you'd like to be a part of it, you can join us on Facebook, Twitter and online at businessrockstars.com. 